In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We are now in the third Coptic month, Hatur. The first month, Tut, the Church spoke to us about the love of God. Second month, Baba, the Church spoke to us about the power of God. So now we know that our God is a powerful God and also a loving and compassionate God. So in the third month of the Coptic year, Hatur, the Church telling us how to be holy, godly, righteous, and bear fruits in our life. And we don't have any excuse, because God is a loving God, as we learned it in the first month. And He is accepting everybody who repents and returns back to Him. And also, God is a powerful God, as we learned it in the second month, which means He can empower us and strengthen us to defeat all the attacks of the enemy. Then actually in the third month, Hatur, the church walks us through the four Sundays how to be fruitful and how to live holy and godly life. That's why the parable of the sower was repeated twice, in the first Sunday and in the second Sunday, to tell us that the word of God is the seed. In order for you to be holy and to bear fruit, you need actually to have the seed planted in your heart. If I want to plant, but if I don't have the seeds, how I expect to have fruits? There is no fruits if there are no seeds. So if you want to be fruitful in your spiritual life, then the word of God has to be planted in you. The second Sunday, also the parable of the sower, the church focused on the type of the land. Maybe you have the seed, the word of God, but the land is not good. The land is full of thorns. The land is full of stones. That's why it will never bring forth fruits. In the second Sunday, the church teaches us it's not enough to have seeds, but also you need actually to have good land in which the seeds are planted so you can bear forth fruits. Today, the third Sunday, the church speaks to us about discipleship. Discipleship, as St. Peter told us, the Lord Jesus Christ left us an example to follow his footsteps. The life of our Lord Jesus Christ tells us how can we live our life? How can we conduct our life from day to day? Maybe I know the word of God and the land is good, but I want application. I want to know exactly what I can do. Every day we make choices. So in every choice, how can I make the choice? This is the life of discipleship. A disciple looks at his master and follows him. See what he is doing and we do like the master. And our master is our Lord Jesus Christ. 
So we need to be his disciples, to follow his example and to follow his footsteps. That's why in the Gospel of today from Luke chapter 14, the Lord actually spoke about three requirements of discipleship. To be a true follower of the Lord, to be a true disciple of the Lord. There are three requirements. But before I discuss the three requirements, I like to answer a question. Whether the church is inclusive or exclusive. The church, we can say it is both inclusive and exclusive. What do I mean by this? I mean inclusive because the Lord opened the door for every single person in the world for any background, whether rich or poor, whether Jewish or Gentile, whether male or female, any person has a place in the kingdom. That's why in this sense, the church is inclusive. The door is open to every single person in the world. But also the church is exclusive. In what sense? There are requirements to be a member in the body of Christ. You cannot come with your own rules, with your own expectations, with your own law, and to be a member in the body of Christ. As we heard in the Gospel of today, in Luke chapter 14, and great multitudes went with him. I'm sure any preacher or any prophet will be happy if there are many, many people following him, not happy of the number, but happy because he's preaching the kingdom of God to the people, and now many people are responding. I'm sure any priest in his church, when he finds many people following, he will be very happy. Why? Not because of the number again, but because this means many people responded to the message of the gospel. But here we find the Lord looked, he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brother and sister, yes, his own life cannot be my disciple. So the Lord told them, I want you to follow me, but you need to know the requirements of discipleship. Not just follow me by your own rules, by your own principles, by your own standards. No. There are law, there is a godly law, there is a standards, a principle, Christian principles. And the problem with some churches right now, they don't understand this. That's why under the notion of love and acceptance, they open the doors to people who are homosexuals, people who are transgender, and if the church says no, they attack the church and sh- say the church is wrong. Church should be kind and merciful and accepting and loving. Yes, the church is all of the above, accepting and loving and kind, but cannot accept what is wrong. That's why God came and called people to repent. If a person is homosexual or transgender, yes, he is called to repent. And when he repents, he can be a member in the church. But he cannot join the church by his own principles and by his own standards, 
by normalizing what is sinful and make about what is sinful, it is normal. No. That's why the Bible says, Woe to those who are saying about the light, darkness, and about the darkness, light. Those who say about the evil, good, and about the good, evil. Yes, everybody is included, but when they repent and they leave the evil way, but if they insist to abide by the evil way, by their own choice, they are separating themselves from the body of Christ. The church is not separating them, but the church is a holy place, and the evil cannot be inside the church. As the Lord said, there is no partnership, there is no fellowship between light and darkness. There is no fellowship between evil and goodness. Both of them cannot be together in the body of Christ. That's why the Lord, when he saw great multitudes following him, he turned it aside and told them, before you follow me, you need to examine yourself, examine your principles. Are you following the divine principles or your own principles? If you are following your own standards and principles, you cannot be my disciple. A disciple follow the master. And if our father, every father is holy, we are called to be holy. If he is perfect, we are called to be perfect. Yes, we are struggling, but when we fall, we need to rise up again to live the life of repentance. So what are the three requirements of discipleship? The first requirement, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life, also he cannot be my disciple. That's the first requirement. The second requirement, whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And the third requirement, whoever does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. The first requirement, maybe the, the word hate is difficult for us to hear it. How God, who is love, and teaches us to love our enemies, even to love our enemies. How the Lord says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life, also he cannot be my disciple. Hate here means according to the standard of the world. The world actually will see us as hating. But in reality, it is we are loving, not hating. Let me explain to you. St. Damiana, when heard that her father denied the faith and worshipped the idols in order to live and not to be killed. So she sent her father a message and she told him, it is better for me to hear that you died for the sake of Christ than to live while you are worshipping idols. And this message moved his heart and he went and he confessed to the Lord Jesus Christ and he was killed. According to the standard of the world, maybe people will say, 
Does she hate his, her father? How she is happy when her father dies? Actually, she should be happy when her father lives, not when he dies. How she encourages her father to die, even for Christ. That's the standard of the world. So the world can perceive Saint Damiana as hating her father because she encouraged him to be killed, to be martyred. But in reality, she loves him. She loves him because she saved him eternally. By shedding his blood for Christ, he is one of the martyrs and he inherits the kingdom of God. Another example when St. Anthony the Great took his sister after his parents died and put her in a convent for sisters and he went to the desert in order to live life of solitude with God. Maybe according to the standard of the world, people will accuse St. Anthony he did not love his sister. He get rid of her, he put her in a nunnery and that's it. And this is selfishness. Maybe some people in the world can interpret this action as if he hated his sister. But in reality, he did not. He cared for her spiritual life and her eternal life. That's why he put her for house for the sisters to worship God. And also he pursued his eternal life by living life of solitude with God. In our time, when we heard about the martyrs of Libya, and many of them, almost half of them are married and have children, but they chose to be martyred and to shed their blood. Maybe people in the world, they say they have little children and they have wives and families. How they leave their wives and families? They are not responsible. They hated their families. But in reality, no, they did not hate them. But they are in heaven now, setting an example how to love God more than any other love or relationship in your life. So that is the first requirement. When it comes to the love of God, what takes priority? Love of God or love of the world and relationships. Many people compromise their church and marry outside the church because relationships. And maybe they marry completely outside Christianity because of relationships. That's what the Lord said. If anyone comes after me and does not hate his father, mother, brother, sisters, his own life cannot be my disciple. God should be priority. Not even in relationships. Sometimes we give priority to game, sport activity, Super Bowl over the church. If there is a game on Sunday, we find the church empty because the people are watching the game and not coming to worship the Lord. That's what the Lord said. Where God actually falls in your life? Is he a priority? Is he above everything else? Or if there is an extra time for God, we will give it to him. If you have a choice to spend the time with God and to spend time with friends and have fun, what are you going to choose? God or others? God or other activities? 
where is God in your life? Where is his place in your life? Then the second requirement about bearing the cross. The Lord did not promise us that in our Christian life, we will find no troubles, no afflictions, no suffering. Actually, he told us the opposite. You will weep and lament and the world rejoice. Those who want to live a godly life will be persecuted. And the Lord Jesus Christ himself, he carried the cross and he died and he was humiliated. This is part of our discipleship. Yet the Lord, he will be with us, strengthening us, protecting us, defending us, empowering us. He will not leave us alone as we were studying yesterday in Psalm 118. If the Lord is with me, what can man do, do to me? It doesn't mean we have life free of suffering, but it means even when we suffer, God is with us and nothing will happen to us if God did not allow it. Anything happened to us has to be after his permission. That's why when King Saul was chasing David and wanted to kill him, David said something very beautiful. He said to Saul, if God allowed you to kill me, let him accept me as a sacrifice. And if God did not allow you to kill me, you will not be able. And King Saul tried with an army to kill David, but he couldn't because God protected the life of David. Our life is not under the power of any human being. Our life is under the control of God. God is in control. And when God actually allows any suffering to happen in our life or any cross to bear, it is for our benefit. It's for our correction. It's for our growth. So we'll be actually transforming into his image after his likeness. And the third requirement for discipleship is to stay away from love of money. Money has power. Money is like a master. Money is like another God controls us. That's why the Lord said you cannot serve two gods. You cannot serve two masters, either God or the mammon. You cannot. The love of money is the root of all evil. And all of us, we are attached to money. That's why we cannot be disciples of Christ if we are attached and put our trust in money. We need actually to put our trust in God. Yes, we use the money, but the money has no control over us. Use the money to glorify God, but he is not a master I worship. He is not a master I follow. He is not a master that controls me and controls my decision. Look around you, you see brothers fighting with each other. Why? Because of money. Spouses fighting with each other. Why? Because of money. Many broken relationships, many, even our relationship with God is broken many times because of the love of money. Because love of money is the root of all evil. St. Paul is the first hermit and his brother, they had a big inheritance. And his brother started to fight with Ambapola about the, the inheritance. They were going to court in order for the court to split the inheritance between Ambabola and his brother. 
And on the way to the court, and Babola saw a funeral. So he said, am I going to fight with my brother for money? And at the end, I will die and will leave everything. So he looked at his brother and told him, take it all. I don't need anything. And he went to the desert and he lived all his life glorifying God and praising God in solitary life. And he became the first hermit. Even he lived in solitary life before St. Anthony the Great. These are the requirements of the disciple. If you want to live a godly life, a holy life, if you want to bear fruits in your life, now you have the seed, the word of God. The land should be good, clean from any thorns or any stones, but you need to follow the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord himself emptied himself, took the form of man in order to save us. He left his life carrying his cross all his life, not only on the night of his passion, but all his life, he lived his life as a suffering servant. And, and also, although he is a rich and enrich everyone, he left his life as a poor. So the Lord himself, actually, these three requirements, we can see them demonstrated in him very powerfully. If we want to follow his example, so let us actually follow the example of the Lord, how he lived not attached or trusting in the money, how he carried the cross joyfully and willingly, and how actually the relationship with the Father, and it was very important to him above any other relationship. He was not a man pleaser, but he left his life to glorify God. These are the requirements of the discipleship in order to bear fruit. The last part I like to explain when the Lord said, if the salt lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor for the dunghill. In Arabic, sometimes this verse is confusing. In Arabic, we say, إِذَا فَسَدَ الْمِلْحِ فَبِمَاذَ يُمَلَّحِ لَا يَصْلُحْ بَعْدِ لِشِيء وَلَا لِمِزْبَلَى فكتير إحنا نقول يعني إيه الملح لو باز ما ينفعش نرميه في الزبالة مع الحاجة البيضة بنرميها في الزبالة يا إيه اللي قصوت السيد المسيح إنه لا يصلح ولا لمزبلة الحقيقة كلمة مزبلة إحنا في دايما في يعني في اللغة الدارجة بتاعتنا بنشرحها لأنها القمامة لكن المزبلة جاي من كلمة زبل وده اللي هو الفضلة بتاعت الحيوانات أو الطيور والزبل ده كان بيستخدم في السماد عشان كده الترجمة بتاعته دانج هيل دانج ده اللي هو الفضلات بتاعت الحيوانات والزبل بتاع الطيور بالذات الحمام فده بيستخدم في السماد وكانوا بيزودوا له ملح علشان الملح بيزود الخصوبة بتاعت الزبل ده فيبقى جود فرتلايزر فهنا بس السيد المسيح لما بيقول ان لو الفسد الملح مش هيصنع لحاجة ولا حتى يتحط على الزبل اللي هو راوس البهائم او الحاجات ديت عشان يزود الفرتلايزيشن بتاعه فيبقى يد خصوبة للارض اكتر لان كتير احنا ما بنفرقش في اللغة الدارجة ما بين الزبالة والقمامة الزبالة جاء من كلمة زبل والزبالة لترالي اللي هي 
فضلات البهائم والطيور وكده القمامة اللي هي الارتراش اللي احنا اي حاجة بس احنا في اللغة العربي بيستخدم الزبالة على انها تشمل الكل لكن الحقيقة في تفرقة بينهم فحبيت بس اشرح السيد المسيح يقصد ايه لما قال ولا للنزبالة انه ما اسرحش للنزبالة لان الناس كتيرة بتسأل طب لو هو الملح فسد ما احنا بنرميه في الزبالة ليه ما اسرحش للنزبالة Glory be to God forever and ever Amen